Hello and welcome back to Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla. And this week we are back for a movie review week that coincidentally ties into a bit of a draft we did a few episodes back, Kayla. Yes, with our dear friend Rose because our topic today is high school romantic comedies, which... Rom-coms. Rom-coms. And I felt like they were... It was a deep pool to jump into and it's surprising how many movies I associate with a high school film that weren't actually set in high school, you know? That's the exact same thought I had. I was like, oh, there's a million of these. Then I started looking. I'm like, well, that's technically college. Oh, that's kind of like 20-somethings. Oh, that's not really a rom-com. That's just a high school movie or a party movie. And then it really dwindled down pretty quickly. It did. And then I thought I had the perfect movie to give you. But then I watched it with my friend Jackie. And I realized while Wikipedia says it is a romantic comedy, it's really, really sad. So I know it's surprising for you to hear. Um, I don't want to tell you. You're not going to tell me why? Because you know I'm going to be like, why would you have given me that, Kayla? Uh, yeah, it's just, it was really sad. Um, and as is your, your theme, you like sad movies. I do. And I realized that you do not. And so, uh, not as much as I do, I should say. And so I didn't give it to you. I, out of the kindness of my heart, I was like, I can't do this because it's just not going to fit what you're looking for, which is this funny, what is typically in the genre. So I appreciate it, Kayla. Thank you for finally realizing that we both have our own types of movies. Now, I gave you a movie that I had a feeling you're not going to like very much, but I love the nostalgia of the movie I gave you, and I thought we could bond over that. So Yes, I'm sure that we will. And, uh, okay, let's just... I, I guess with the rom-com, I mean, we talked so much during the draft, but what do you look for in a high school rom-com, if you do? Usually it's the uh, the geek or the person that nobody talks to trying to get with the super popular girl or guy, right? That's kind of the, the general theme that you see in a lot of high school ones. Like, I never have a chance with that person. Oh, well, maybe if you just give it a shot, you will. And they're a really jock or super popular boyfriend or girlfriend isn't going to stand up to you in the long run. You know, it's all bullshit, but, you know, it's fun to root for the underdog. It is, yes. And I think there's just high school is such a wild, wild time. When I think back, I can't imagine like if I was in a time machine and went back to that time, I would not want to relive it. Um, even though it's, you know, where we became best friends, but still. I feel not. like I would. I'd have no problem reliving it. I don't know. Uh, don't in high listen. School. We're not going to get down this rabbit hole because I'm already irritated thinking about high school you. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure you would want to relive it briefly. Um, yeah, no, no, no going back for me. So I think it's just, I, I agree with what you said. I think it's just, it, it's the coming of age of it all. And, and sometimes it's just the like, it's a time where you get to be the most stupid and it's okay, if that makes sense, you know, like. Well, and it's also a time where everybody's trying to figure out who they are as a person. Like you said, high school and college period, where you think that every decision you are making is so critical. You are so nervous about every little decision. What am I going to, am I going to go out to this party? Am I going to ask this girl out? And am I going to go study this? Am I going to go to this college? Everything's like just so magnified in your mind because you don't have any other real responsibilities. So it's all focused on what you're doing in that moment. Because that is the biggest thing. Exactly. That right now is the biggest thing. Like what are bills? We don't know yet. Exactly. And when you You look back, you're like, you know, I I could have been more just free and done what I wanted and whatever. Like it still would have all worked out in the end. Yeah. So it's the easiest to write 
mistakes, you know, because you make so many of them in high school, not that you don't in adulthood, but it looks differently, I guess, you know, than a high schooler doing something. Um, and I think they're just so popular because yeah, it's either nostalgia of, oh, I remember how this was, or if you see a character that you identify with, or if you don't, it's just funny to kind of be on the journey of will they, won't they, you know, it's our earliest example of will they, won't they, you know? And no matter what your high school experience was, there's always some type of connection point, right? You can be like, oh, I'm this person, or oh, was I that person? Oh, I had a friend like that. Oh, I had a friend like that. Oh, this is really magnified, but that reminds me of this group of people I used to talk to in high school. There's always some connection point, because high school is just full of clicks, no matter it what, is, right? Yeah. You you have these different groups of people, and it changes in generations and decades as as we get older, but that's always kind of a theme, right? There's just groups that hang out together and flock to each other, and you're going to have the jocks. You're going to have the popular kids. You might have the artsy ones, and there's all these groups that I think when we were in high school, it wasn't necessarily like would pick on other groups as much as maybe back in the 80s and 90s? Uh, no, I just I would you disagree. disagree with that. <laughs> Not that that was so much my personal experience, but I definitely would. Yeah, it's definitely like, it depends on who you were. You could have that viewpoint, I think. I think high school, like, there's just some components that are just universal. And it's, yeah. there's just asshole teens, you know? Asshole <laughs> teens who are also trying to find themselves and just lashing out and doing whatever the hell they want because there's no repercussions when you're 16 years old. No, it's just just lots of therapy when everyone's (laughs) an adult. That's all. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what movies we gave each other because we have some uh, movie from the past and something more recent. So you assigned me Can't Hardly Wait, which is available on Amazon Prime through Freebie, which is one of those like free apps you can get on Roku. I'm sure the Fire It's got ads or something, right? Yeah. And it definitely had ads to the point where I almost bought the movie because I go, this is. But I found that depending on what you're watching in, was how limited the commercials were. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's the same reason why I pay for Hulu without ads, because it's brutal to watch, like, a three-minute commercial in between. Yeah, the ads weren't, like, 60 seconds. They were, like, a good two, Yeah, it was, like, one of five, one of those deals. So if you can stand it, um, other than that, I mean, it's probably, like, $2.99 on anywhere, so you can also just go There's too many streaming services, Kayla. Nobody's paying for anything (laughs) else. Hence... Me watching it through Freebie. Thank you, Freebie. Um, and I gave you To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is available on Netflix. Let's talk about why we gave each other the film. So, like I said, I was going to give you the saddest of rom-coms, <laughs> which is the half of it on Netflix, by the way, in case you were wondering. But I gave you this movie because it was one that when it came out, it was like one of those number one movies. Everyone was talking about it. I'm not generally a rom-com person, as you can tell from our draft. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, that's not going to be on my list to watch it. And I did. I went into, I want to see the hype and I loved it. It was just a funny delight. Like I, it was a good movie. Like I left it going, wow, I'm glad I watched it because like I said, it wasn't a movie I would have watched, you know, just before. So I was happy with it. And I knew it fit the parameter for you. And as I said, I didn't watch a lot of movies from the 90s, 80s, or et cetera. So I didn't have much to give you. So I gave you Can't Hardly Wait, which I think is just a high school classic. Um, you know, it's a late 90s, and it is 90s to the max. The styles, the lighting, that weird 90s lighting, the vernacular. They use like, and the cast, 
is uh-huh. absurd. I just that's what I remembered before I gave it to you, and then I rewatched it myself. Is okay, Jennifer Love Hewitt, one of my biggest crushes of all time. You have a random Jason Siegel appearance. You have Seth Green. You have all these kind of actors you've seen in a million things. And this is one of their first movies and their first kind of leading parts. So it's cool to kind of go back and see these actors back when they were 15, 16, 20 years old and where they went from there. And also just the reminiscing, like uh, thinking back, the nostalgia of the 90s, the early 2000s, we have a connection point. We weren't in high school in the late 90s, but we were in like the 2000s and there was some crossover and we know people that grew up in that time and were in high school during that time. So I like just going back. 90s are where it's at. I'll watch I Love the 90s part 614 if they still have those on VH1. Let's we do love it. the 90s here. Okay, true well, I guess I can't say 90s babies, but I kind of can. I'm Anyways. an 80s baby. That's mm, okay. that's true. You know, you know, we know we're, that. We're not going to have this again. Okay. So I think I'm ready to go right into my movie. All right. Okay. So again, I had Hardly Wait. It was directed and written by the same two people, Deborah Kaplan and Harry Alfont. Came out in 1998, which we were both eight years old or nine, depending on the month of the year. Notable subjects. So this, I think this movie has a reputation for having a lot of early stars. As you mentioned, you had Ethan Embry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Lauren Ambrose, Peter, am I going to butcher this? Facinelli? Facinelli? A.K.A. Carlisle from Twilight. That's all you need to know. Yes. (laughs) It's just funny because I didn't think he was young at the same time, if that makes sense. He just (laughs) Kind of seems older to me now, so I don't think of him as the same age as like Jennifer Love Hewitt, but I guess If so. you look at some of these people, like Ethan Embry and stuff, photos of them now, you're like, holy shit, they did not age as well as you thought they would when you they know, were 17. No, I did see a current picture of Ethan Embry, so I might have to do that. Yeah, look it up. Um, And Seth Green, whom I love dearly. He is hilarious. I love my Seth Green. Um. Melissa Joan Hart, who did the film, because she was at the height of her Sabrina fame and only had enough time to do a movie with this few scenes. I was wondering why, like how the timeline worked, because I was like, oh yeah, she's in this, but this was Sabrina, so why did she fit this in? Yeah, she could only do it because it was only like a couple scenes, so she had time to like kind of be in it, and she played a funny character, so that was good. Also, when I was watching, I started noticing like certain actors that weren't like speaking roles looked familiar and I then I saw someone I go wait a minute turns out that there were eight actors from this movie that were in Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh well there you go Kayla so including Amber Benson who played Tara and Seth Green talks to a girl who who is the actress name is Paige Moss who played Ashley who's kind of this like uptight kind of preppy girl Mm -hmm. and his character is trying to like get with her um both of them were in Buffy together and he's and that's the girl he cheats on the main character Willow with. So it's kind of Connection funny that points. they're in this. Yeah, they're in this movie. And a couple of years later, they, you know, break Willow's heart. And I'll never forgive him for it, even though she. Anyway, this isn't yeah. a Buffy anyway, the Vampire I'm Slayer podcast. A Buffy, Kayla, sorry. So. <laughs> I'm just slowly trying to work my way to it there. But I think I might have to have your wife on to, to have that. Kate. Okay. Box office gross and budget. Again, this is 1998, so perspective. Budget of 10 to 13 million made 25.6 million. So, recouped its funds and more. Yeah, and this time, these types of movies were made and released in theaters. Now it's all on streaming, which I'll get into when I get to, to my movie. That's not a great box office turnout, but you know, when you only are paying 10 to 12 million or whatever you said, you're doubling your money. Everybody makes the their The Rotten bit. Tomato score was 40%, so not great. 
but possibly fitting. Reception Awards. It made number 44 on the top 50 best high school movies of all time from Entertainment Weekly. There you go. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was nominated for Best Female Actress at the MTV Awards. Were you an MTV Awards watcher, by the way? Like, that's probably a girl thing. I don't know. You not know, to gender it, maybe not, but I, that was like the thing for me. Like I was like MTV Awards. I tonight. used to. There was a period of time, like a few years, where I did, but I I was never like huge into it. That used to be. I mean, it was no Oscars, but it definitely was like. Well, that's where it's the like the, the teens night. and all the drama and best kiss, and they yes, kind of had yes. those weird categories. Yeah, I just feel like teens were more active in award season than maybe they are now. Okay. Fun or interesting facts. So the film was named after the replacement song of the same name. Jason Siegel had a cameo as the watermelon guy who I had to kind of go back because I don't think I recognize him. How do you not recognize him? It's Jason Siegel. There's so many characters in yeah. these scenes. Honestly, like if you're not staring at one at one time, they're gone. Um, Embry doesn't remember most of the shoot because he was too stoned. <laughs> um Peter Feccinelli, sorry if I'm butchering his name, thinks Mike Dexter turned into a loser, the character that he played, which is this obnoxious jock. That makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Several scenes were changed to avoid an R rating. Sony had issues with the underage drinking and the fact that there were no parental supervision at this party. It's called high school. That's what happened. Yes, which is kind of what the writers did. However, truly a sign of the 90s that they had issue with that and not the white character saying the n-word which i had to rewind back to make sure that he said that um so while that that wasn't like it was a hiccup, different time, like, there's no parents at this party like that's wild um okay i'm ready for my plot line all right or attempt at it i should say there were a lot of different things that happened at this damn party okay you ready Three, i'm ready two one, Takes place go. at a graduation party. Preston is an outsider. who's a four-year crush on Amanda back. It was super popular and just got dumped by her popular jock boyfriend. Amanda's girlfriends are assholes and her second cousin tried to make out with her. That was her. Preston's best friend, Denise, is also an outcast. Dragged by Preston at the party, who I thought might be gay for half the movie, but she isn't. He also has a love letter he wants to give Amanda. Kenny Fisher is a white wannabe gangster who wants to lose his virginity to the end of the night, who's also there. Preston talks about fate all night, but keeps missing his chance to find Amanda and begins to give up. Has a weird uplifting combo with a stripper angel. Kenny keeps striking out with the girls. He gets locked to the bathroom with Denise. They get super nostalgic on the childhood friendship and have sex that is bad and up together somehow amanda finds preston's letter and they keep trying to find each other she explodes on him and she thinks it's just another jerk who wants to get with her she finds him at the train station when he's going to college they kiss and apparently they're still together there's also a nerd storyline and mike the jock storyline that seemed unimportant 42 seconds and i think i got like six words out of that entire thing Kayla. <laughs> fair, that was fair. a little too a little too fast a little too fast <laughs> okay first few thoughts of this film so the first like 30 35 minutes i was pretty checked out like i was like this is not a good movie. Also, I don't know if Ethan Embry's character, Preston, sucks. He totally He's terrible. sucks. Yeah. He sucks. Um, so I was watching it like, this isn't making me laugh. Like, these, like, Preston is so not, like, am I rooting for him? I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm rooting for him to fail. But I will say, like, after that initial half hour, like, there started to become scenes that made me laugh. Like, I started to be like, okay, like, I'm, I'm seeing what characters, like, I'm kind of liking in here. Like I said, I totally thought Denise was going to be gay. Like, I kind of was like, oh, that's a that's a nice surprise. Because there's a scene where, like, he's preoccupied with Amanda, this popular girl that he had this special Pop-Tart sharing moment. And for four years, didn't talk to her because she dated the popular jock instantly. And he missed his shot. So he spends this whole party trying to, like, reveal his feelings to her. And she's, Denise gets dragged to this party. She's kind of like the sarcastic best friend. I do Always really, need one of those. I did really love their friendship, even though they didn't spend like a lot of the party together. 
Um, and she sits on a couch and like this girl comes over and sits with her and they start talking and then it ends up being, she just made a bet with her friends to say like, she does go to our school because she was so didn't talk to anyone that they didn't even realize she went there. And I was like, and she seemed kind of into it. So I was like, oh, this is 98. Okay. But no, no, that wasn't the case. It's the late nineties, Kayla. That didn't happen nearly as frequently. I know. I know. I should have known. Um, but I will say like Denise and Kenny, like, Okay, let's talk about Seth Green's Kenny. Once he got in, his character is so <laughs> absurd, but you can't help but just laugh at the absurdity. It's a lot. It it's is too much, a but lot. It's, it yeah. it reminded me a little bit like American Pie. In fact, they had the the one actor that is in American Pie as uh like Stifler's nerd enemy. Oh yeah, at yeah. the party. So like it was funny because I had that thought, and then he showed up, and I was like, oh okay. Um, it's American Pie, and it's not obviously as R-rated as American Pie, but like it has kind of that funny humor, like the uh, the yearbook kind of images of them as they introduce like the characters. I that thought are that was something. kind of a cool way to introduce characters. Yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah, I like that too. I Kenny, yeah. So Kenny starts off pretty problematic. I'm like, oh my god, what is this like accent he's doing? He it's reminds like... you of, uh, or me anyway. If you've seen Malibu's Most yes, Wanted, yes. right? He's that personification. Vomit. Clean of that it up character. with comment. Earth is my planet. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, I'm just gonna get with all the honeys. Like they don't even know what's happening. Yeah. We oh, gonna yeah. be knocking like, boots. I was like, oh no, oh no. But he has a turn. When he gets locked in with Denise's character in the bathroom and they're stuck together and he's like doing this accent, he's like performing and then they kind of have like this genuine moment in the bathroom and then they have sex, another genuine moment that was bad and then they kind of get a fight about it because clearly they both have not had sex and he doesn't want to admit that he hasn't and they have this fight and at the end they kind of do this like, I'm going to do it by section by section. So like for them, they... It flashes to them at the end. They go to the diner and like they have a date and they fight and then they apparently get back together and have sex. I was bummed because they built this like that was like one of the like nicest scenes was like between them, like him kind of losing this act he was kind of having, thinking it was getting him somewhere. And like they had this like childhood friendship that like outgrew itself and like they had like a cool. I just yeah. like their scenes together. I was so bummed that they just kind of like edited it with like. Yeah, after five minutes talking together, they hate each other. And then they, you know, it just I felt like, oh, you had such so many nice moments just to end it like that. I was a little disappointed because probably those are my favorite scenes were like those two together. Yeah, it's nice to kind of see that dynamic because that happens, right? You are friends with people when you are younger. You go through, you know, elementary school, middle school, and there are you just take different paths and people get new friends and you kind of lose touch with them. And for them to kind of vocalize it there where she's like, hey, like you used to sleep over at my house all the time and then you wanted to be cool and stop talking to me. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, that's something that happens. Just people don't talk about it like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. I just I thought that was like such clever writing and I just felt a little slighted a bit at the end when you just find out like they just had a silly kind of ending. Um, Preston. Preston and Amanda. So there's no chance. Amanda no is chance. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay, so just one of my biggest its, crushes of all time comes with its own like persona. However, the character wasn't much for her. 
So that as was, a person, like as like yeah. inequalities, you could if if I watch this movie and I had to like list traits of hers, I don't have much. That's I one of the things I wrote down is you don't learn anything about her besides she is very attractive and he claims that she is super kind and smart, but you don't see any of that really happen ever. So it's just it's just odd they didn't develop her at all. Yes, and like the presence like obsession, it is an obsession with her. Doesn't I think hit the same in 2022 than it probably did in the 90s. I'm sure it was like kind of like oh this guy just like is a lo-, you know, it read very like Now it's like a stalker. Totally, yeah. totally. Like how he talks about her is so like incel-esque, like very like yeah, it's like Helga on Hey Arnold's <laughs> like doing the fake voodoo you know closet doll like it's a little creepy um there were some earnest moments but Preston is just like yeah he's just annoying like it's like do I want him to get Amanda with no personality I don't know like because he's so obnoxious with it you know like even I did feel bad though because I love Barry Bandalow and Mandy (laughs) is such a great song Rose if you're listening you know this and uh I was so mad. I almost got mad as he did when the angel stripper comes over and ends his call to talk to oh, Barry Manilow. Like I was like that. And he was mad, but like, not really. Like it was one of those like, okay, kid, like I would have done the same thing she did. Like, shut up. Like you're fine. Well, yeah, he's calling Barry Manilow to get love advice about a yes. girl that he never met. Like, come on. Or never talked to, I should say. And, like, he spends half of it just being so devastated. He just has all these near misses. Amanda gets assaulted by her second cousin, who she's having this moment of, like, talking about her boyfriend that broke up with her and all this stuff. And then, of course, he's listening, but really he's like, okay, now we can kick. It was wild. She is solely looking for somebody to have a real conversation with, which is what Preston wanted to do, but he was too chicken shit to do it. And everybody else she talks to is just like, oh, oh, that's nice. That Oh, I'm sorry you broke up. Oh, okay. So do you want to go out or let's make out or do you want to go upstairs? Like there was just nobody gave a shit what she said, right? And yes. She... And, and part of me was like at the beginning I go, oh, is like Preston and Denise going to be the ones that get together? Just because like he's so obsessed with her. She's so kind of, I don't know how to say it. She was so... Un, like unconcerned she didn't care about the party she didn't care about these high school friends like she got dragged to this party like she's so apathetic yeah and so i thought oh maybe that's he doesn't get her but like he you know that type of deal well that's another way that these rom-coms can go right yes. it's either they get with the person they're pursuing or yeah. there's a pivot actually the person you really love is who's been next to you the whole time yeah, yes. exactly. yeah, yeah. which you know in the 1998 i thought could could be but like i said it went many different ways and she went to kenny um the but there were a lot of like funny ish like side characters like the girl whose house it was yeah like, she, was she had some funny moments like where she just like as parties do they're breaking stuff and she just gets more and more frazzled till the end when she catches Denise and Kenny on the floor like naked and <laughs> her hair is like a bird's nest like she looks insane like. And, she, you know, they're like, you just come into the door. She's like, it's my house. Like, the police come. Like, I just felt bad for her. Um, you know, and there was, like, stoner characters. Like, there's, like I said, at the end, there's, like, a nerd storyline. Definitely, like I said, some problematic elements, which were 
the of the 90s, but you can still say, you know, looking at them, you're like, yikes. Um, the nerds, like the William character, like... he It, it turned okay. at a point where I started really liking that plot line because he's a nerd nobody talks to. He starts having drinks and he is the life of the party. The karaoke scene was phenomenal. All the girls want to hook up with him. It's just, and then he has his both friends just sitting outside on top of a shed and you're like, ah, sucks for them. Yes. Um, definitely like the nineties, like gay is the butt of a joke for sure. But there's William, like, yeah, the scene where he's singing and like, the girls are just fawning over him was pretty funny. That like, especially great. singing that song. Like there were some moments that just, I'm like, Oh my God, I do like that. Like all in one night type movies where there's so many different stories you're kind of following. Like that's actually where I like to see that, you know, versus like some TV shows yeah. where I feel like that happens too much. I like kind of being like, who are we like American pie, you know, like kind of finding out who the are party you is like to? the main character, right? Because yes. it's it's what's kind of bringing everybody together, and there's a million other plot lines that you can follow throughout, right. and you just kind of pick the ones you you really enjoy. And then there's the Mike storyline. Mike is like the jock who was dating Amanda at the beginning of the film. It's Mike, right? Dexter or Dexter or Mike Dexter? Yeah. I wonder okay. why. I'm, oh, that's why I yeah. got Mike. Yeah. So Dexter, he. Breaks up with her just because he thinks I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get all these women and I don't want to be tied down by a girlfriend. He tells all his guy friends, like, let's all break up with our girlfriends. As the night progresses, they're like, sure, sure. And then they're like, no, no. They keep making excuses. Like, they obviously want to be with their girlfriends. And then at the end, he realizes, like, he talks to this guy that was, like, super popular a couple of years before. And Trip McNeely, yeah. Trip McNeely. <laughs> Your trip? Yeah, that's me. And, he, and he's like, yeah, I can't get anyone like i'm a loser like i'm one in a million at this college like these people in college actually like care about grades and like the environment and politics and i don't know any of that shit yeah like nothing works and mike is just like so devastated at the fact that he dumped Amanda for nothing and when he tries to get back there it's like this huge embarrassing scene for him um yeah he was an interesting character like i kind of liked that they just had him like slowly deteriorate over yes, time yes yes yeah. like that was amusing to me um then the ending william at the end when he thinks like oh i've made like actual friends like what a wild night and they just treat him just like a bully so then it flashes to like the future where it says he's like has a 45 million dollar company and he's dating a supermodel like that's where he ends up you know pretty funny um, even the scene at the end though, when Preston and Amanda like have their kiss and then it's like, she wrote him letter, you know, it I was, know. Uh, it, it was <laughs> way too cheesy. Cause I'm telling you right now, if she shows up and you're getting ready to go on a train to whatever, you know, thing he was doing some college, uh, pre-college, uh, internship type ordeal. And she comes in and is like, Hey, do you want to hang out? He a hundred percent first instincts are yeah, let me see if I can get a different train for a different day. There's no way he goes, oh, I'm sorry, and then has to run back. They only do that so that they can have the scene of him running back across the train station tour for the big yes. kiss reveal. I, I also love that this is an era of, like, no cell phones because when he – I like even the scene that they give with Denise and – uh, Preston like saying goodbye you know because they're best friends and they couldn't be like well text me when you get to the college you know it's almost one of those like see ya when I see you type deals which is just wild you know um and that's yeah. one of the reasons I like these kind of 90s and 2000s movies a little bit more is you don't have 
cell phones. So people need to have face-to-face conversations or find people. Like when we uh, watched these kind of old movies and when we watched, uh, what, sh- what do you call it, for um, the Oscar preview last year where it takes place in, in the 70s and it's, mm-hmm. oh, where is this person? I don't know. I need to find them in order to talk to them. Right. I don't have everybody at my fingertips whenever I need. And it just makes everything more fun because all the interactions – it's not like I've been talking to you and texting you nonstop for four days, so I know everything that's happening in your life. Right, when you right. see people, you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And it's like a genuine, like, let's catch up as opposed to, oh, I saw yesterday that you did this, and I texted you three days ago that we did this. And it's just there's more substance when there's that time in between connections and those 90s movies, 2000s movies. That's how it was because cell phones weren't as kind of uh, widespread as they are now. To me, this is like early, I've said it a couple of times, but it, to me, it just reads as like the wheels are spinning to American Pie. Like the wheels are like, what if it was kind of like this, but like we could say fuck and we could have sex and we could like, it, it has like so many beginning stories of like the jock, the nerdy guy, the like, I'm just an ass, you know, like yeah. it had so many early things, even picking actors that, you know, kind of blow up from it like it's kind of funny um what a wild thing for amanda to have dated someone for four years kind of have this aha moment of like i don't know why i was with him find a love letter from someone you don't even remember or know who he looks like desperately search weird weird desperately changes like everything you think about everything on this like voyage to try to find him, you finally see what he looks like and realize you were asshole to him earlier. And then like run to a train station and kiss him. Like, and she is the least desperate needed person. Yes. I don't know how to phrase it, but everybody wanted her. Yes. So she wasn't like desperately looking for no. a connection. She just, I think it's one of those situations where it must have been a very, you know, well thought out letter. He said he revised it a million times where she actually felt like, wow, this guy really cares about me. And I haven't felt that in my four years with this other douche. So let me give him a shot. And she just wasn't thinking straight. Because that just is ridiculous. Like she met the, so basically wild. met him. Like she Correct. Kn- knew him, but had no idea what he looked yes, like. Just off a letter. It was like, let's date. <laughs> let's yeah. get together. Like Weird wild, move. wild. So yeah, that is Can't Hardly Wait. Um. Would I is it a is it a rewatchable for me? Probably not at all, but <laughs> got better as I went along. It's not like of the nineties rom coms, like I, I could see why it was number forty four or fifty. Yeah. I can't believe you did not mention probably my favorite character in this movie. Okay. Uh oh. The random kleptomaniac kid. You just oh, see him pop yeah. up behind in scenes and steal stuff and walk out. <laughs> You're right. You're right. He That's the guy who's from American Pie that I was like. Chris Owen. Yeah. yeah. That I was like, oh, hey, yeah, he's the guy from the show or the movie. Um, yes. At the end, he grabs like a candy, like the 25 cent candy like dispenser, dispenser from the <laughs> diner and just walks out wild. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah it was, that was just a nice little through line. Like every handful of scenes, you'd see him just pop up behind and steal something. And you're like, all right, <laughs> solid so wild. for no yeah. reason. For nothing. Um, yeah, so that is Can't Hardly Wait. How about you? All right, to all the boys I've loved before. It was directed by Susan Johnson. The writer was Sophia Alvarez. Came out 
August 2018, so pretty recent, only a few years old. One hour, 39 minute runtime. It is on Netflix, so you guys can get that for whatever Netflix subscription you have. It looks like there's some uh, sequels and stuff, but I don't think you really needed a sequel. Like this movie is I pretty standalone. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch the sequels. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 96 and 85, uh, critics and audience, so pretty high scores there. And there's no budget information on this movie because it's a Netflix movie, Netflix so you can't figure it out. all of that information, yeah. Yeah, so who knows? They probably spent $12 and made 18 Yeah, really, I have no idea. So well, they did have a sequel and then another film, so I feel like so I they had must to have did well. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they had to have some reason to keep bringing back this yes, really old I cast think. that's supposed to play high school kids. Yes, yep. like every high school movie in the history of mankind. So this was uh, when you gave me this movie. I can't say I was excited. I Even was like, though you didn't know anything about it? Well, just the name, I think. I was like, this sounds oh, like okay. it's going to be really sappy. Like, oh, I don't want to watch this. And getting into it, it was not what I thought. And I was, you know, I didn't mind watching it. I was like, this okay. is like a cute movie. Like, I'm okay watching it. I'm glad I watched it. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. But, you know, it was solid. It was like the prototypical good netflix rom-com okay because they have their algorithms they throw out all yes, these types of movies this is a good one it's not on the lower end i would say i think it's okay. it's pretty solid all right so are you ready to count me down for my recap kayla I'm ready when you are ready. that i wrote about four minutes ago that i'm trying to <laughs> frantically get to on my notes here okay yeah you ready? i'll count you down Three, two, one. High school girl Laura Jean's sister is leaving for college in Scotland or something. Sister breaks up with her boyfriend, Josh, who is also their next door neighbor. Josh was also Laura Jean's best friend and her first big crush. Laura Jean, a.k.a. LJ, loves to read fantasy romance novels and started writing letters to all of her crushes of the past but never sent them out. Her younger sassy sister, always need one of those, sends out all the letters without LJ knowing. The boys find them. She talks to them. One is gay. One is Peter, who dates her nemesis and she kissed uh, like 10 years ago. One is Josh, the next door neighbor that she ends up trying to avoid. She fake dates. Peter to make his ex jealous and helps her avoid Josh, her neighbor. Whoa, they actually start falling for each other. Who could have guessed that? She thinks she will. She he still wants his ex. He thinks she still wants. I kind of fucked this up. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going on. Do I, all right, she hits the fan on the school ski trip where people just took up all the time. Apparently, weird side, not real sex tape plot line. Who? Don't know why that was thrown in there. They realized that they really liked each other. She stops being stubborn and tells him happily ever after. Three seconds. Still got under a Still minute, even though I mixed up on the you LJ got a fake. Sh- his Sally ex- sells cheese. Yeah, I just couldn't get through that. But <laughs> too many. Sh- yeah, um, too many. A shite sounds. A shite sounds. So it's uh it's one of the prototypical rom com movies. It's the girl who feels like she hasn't really been seen. She's shy. She I has, hear you, girl. I hear you. Yeah, one or two friends and. And she really wants uh, wants to get with really her neighbor, who is her sister's boyfriend for years. So that's a bit of a twist on it. But then doesn't want to act on that because she doesn't want to hurt her sister. So props to her. And then her little... You always need the sassy sister. They're the, always the best characters, right? The sassy sibling or the sassy friend. In this case, she had both. She had the sassy friend, Christine. And then she had the sassy sister. Oh, who, you're, really, you're going back to the... Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Kitty. <laughs> Is what they call her, yeah. who is just kind of like a lighthearted part of the show, which is nice. And you find out her mom died when she was young, so her family's very close. Her dad, uh, Dr. Covey, 
um, or Covey, or Covey, right? Yeah. Yep. You got to love the high school when you have the last name and you just go by the last name. That happened to me a lot. I was just chair, right? So you have Laura Jean Covey. People just call her Covey. Makes total sense. And when she's trying to kind of uh, get out of all these really heartfelt love letters she wrote throughout her life as she developed these crushes for people that her sister just sends out without telling her at all. And she doesn't know how to handle it. She's like, holy shit. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know what to do. She randomly kisses the Pete guy because he's like, what's going on here? We can't be together. She's like, oh, I don't know what to do. But the other guy, Josh, is walking up to me. I need to show him that I'm not actually into him. So I need to kiss you. Weird move. (laughs) Somehow kind of got to a spot where he goes to her and is like, hey, we should fake date because I want to get back with my ex. And she'd be so jealous if she knew we were dating. You know, kind of an asshole move. She goes with it for some reason. And then they they don't fake date. They just date. It's not fake <laughs> dating. If you're going out on dates, yeah. you're going to things together. The only thing they weren't doing is she wasn't going to kiss him or hook up with him in any way. But they were having like heartfelt conversations talking yeah. about their past. Like his dad left him. Her mom died when she was young. They're really building like a foundational relationship here. Yes. And he starts, you can clearly see, falling for her. Yeah. And she just thinks it's still a ruse because she doesn't want to get her and fall for the popular jock guy at school. But he's not just a jock. He also has feelings, Kayla. He has a heart, Justin. He, he has, has a heart. heart. Even though his girlfriend's a bit of an asshole. That's true. It's just, I enjoyed the movie. I'm glad okay. I watched it. It had a little bit of a twist on some of the rom-com classics. Um, it all ends up being the same in the end, right? They fall for each other despite not wanting to. They tell each other, oh, shit hits the fan. Did he hook up with his ex? I don't know. She's stubborn, doesn't want to tell them how she feels. Then at the end, they get back together. It hits all the tropes. You yep. got to love it. And it was a modernized version, yeah. you know? So I enjoyed that piece to it. She was a bit of an asshole to Josh a lot, the neighbor. She could have just told him what was up. Like, I don't understand what the deal was with that. Was she just trying not... Was she still not sure if she was into him or not? You know, because she could have just been like, hey, I wrote that a long time ago. We were best friends. I thought I lost a friend. Whatever. Instead, she's like avoiding him like the plague and is an asshole. Like, don't talk to me. I'm over here with my new boyfriend. Like, (laughs) hey, this was your best friend for a while. Like, what are we doing here? I, I didn't really understand that dynamic too well. I wish the sister was in a few more scenes uh, as opposed to just being in the car, the backseat of the car every so often. But one thing I had a question on, and maybe you can shed some light as a big fan of uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. (laughs) She had wrote five letters that she sent out, Mm -hmm. right? So there is the gay guy that she talks to in the bathroom. There's Peter, who she's dating, the neighbor, Josh, Mm -hmm. the one that got the return to sender. Yep. And then there's a fifth that we never hear of. Is that the next movie? You, so there's a mid-credit. Huh? In the credits, there's a scene. Oh, I didn't watch it then. Damn. Um, I can spoil it for yeah, you. Yeah, spoil so, it for me. Go for it. The other letter was to John Ambrose, who is one of the, the last one. Yep. And he comes to her door with flowers in his hand. Oh, and after. that kind of gives you the sequel, like, element. Yeah. Yeah, but she's already with Peter. Uh-oh. Maybe we should make a movie about the confusion that could happen there. Yeah, so 
Right. Yeah. So that's that's a good. That was a good thing that you noticed. And yeah, they do. There's like a scene in the mid credits. Okay. That that, that makes me feel better because I was like, they need to at least give me some information on what happened with this fifth letter. See. Yeah. So, see, they plant the seed. Yeah. So that yep. worked out. Um, I think. The dynamic with uh, Jen, Genevieve, whatever the hell her name was, that her nemesis in the movie, yes. that was cringeworthy and tough to watch. But that's how high school girls are. Yes. Like when Peter, she goes to talk to Peter because she's jealous that he went to a party with her and she gives him the scrunchie. That's a thing. My wife told me that that's still a thing people do. They give like the boyfriend scrunchies to walk around, kind of claim them. Which seems kind of <laughs> archaic, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're definitely not, I don't think, scrunching anymore, but yeah. My wife said that's they still do that. I don't know. Um, and she's like, hey, this is very important to me. Like, don't lose it. He's like, oh, of course not. And then like 10 minutes later, his ex <laughs> walks into the bathroom and takes it from him. And he's just like, hey, give it back. And she's like, nah leaves and he just doesn't say anything he doesn't tell yeah. lj he doesn't ask like for it back again that we can see and you're like immediately this is going to come up later she's going to be like oh well your boyfriend gave me your scrunchie so how about that how about and that's that? pretty much what happened the big ski uh, ski trip too many s's man i'm telling you the big ski you trip which this school anybody can go on the ski trip like they just people that don't even go to class or friend Christine, you don't need to be part of a club. You just get to go on a ski trip if I you guess want. So yeah, and it's a super nice like resort that you go to. It's a like nice high school. So that's just and you can just hop on that like a week before. You don't need to like pay ahead of time. Get a parent to sign off. Lots of questions on the ski so trip. So I was, you know, go to a city school address and I think they just get to go to fancy ski clubs. Maybe, maybe you do. I, <laughs> we I don't, just don't know. know. <laughs> Where you just have your own rooms and you can do whatever you yeah, want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in your own hot tub. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. I was a little on the ski trip aspect because she's kind of like, whatever, if you're going to hook up with your ex, you're going to hook up with your ex and is just resigned to that. Yeah. Even though he clearly is like, hey, I want to hang out with you. And it's like, hey, I went to like the Korean section of town in order to get you this special snacks and you wouldn't even sit with me and what the hell. And he's waiting in the hot tub for, her and she comes in in her nightgown and they make out in a hot tub and somebody records it and basically is like, Hey, here's a sex tape going around. Like what? <laughs> like what? A little nightgown action, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Maybe they're like, Hey, she just uh, lifted up the nightgown. Yeah. She's good to go. Like, Man, and then they start posting photos. Really messed up high school stuff yes, is happening. Yes, yeah. the game has changed from yeah, that's, the like see you when I see you type vibe, you know? Yeah, it's just like I'm going to post videos of you in a hot tub with your boyfriend. Like, get out of here. Yeah, like, I know. Jerk move. Pretty uh, pretty messed up. I will say one thing I enjoyed at the end, she kind of goes back to the lacrosse field where he is. She writes a letter and is like, hey, turn around so I can read you this letter. Because at first, he's like, what do you have? What do you have? It's kind of being playful, takes it, and then sees what it is. And he's like, oh, like feels bad, gives it back. He's like, I don't want to take this from you. If you want to give this to me, you're going to have to give it to me. Like he doesn't want the situation yeah. with the other letters she wrote where it got to him without her planning to. And then it started their whole whirlwind right. romance, right? And that started by accident. And yeah. he didn't want her to think that same thing was happening again. It's out of her control. Exactly. Yeah. So she she reads it to him, tells him to turn around, and then, oh, guess what? They're in love. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Were you rooting for them? Were you hoping, were you hoping that? I was. You know, at first, I'm like, is she going to get with Josh, the sister's 
boyfriend? That's kind of a weird thing. So I'm glad it pivoted from that. And she's like, no, I realized I'm not into you like that. And she was able to find her own love while still maintaining a friendship with Josh. Because I think sometimes in these movies, especially these like high school rom-coms, it's very much if you're not, if you're of the opposite sex and you're not um, dating me, then we can't be friends. There's like that. Sometimes you have that divide like, oh, well, if we're not dating, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you anymore. And that's not the case. Like, yeah, I mean, we were friends. Like yeah. I had a ton of female friends I never dated in high it's school. Just- you know that I definitely have that qualm, like in in cinema. Like it's just so rare to see like a true platonic. That's why I like one of the things I like even of Star Wars or Rogue One. Like I like that you have these two characters that get along that don't have to get together. It happens in real life. Like that's yeah, you know. So. Oh, speaking of Andor is coming out soon, Kayla. Anyway, yeah. so another question I had and it ties into both of our movies. Okay. Why is every high school party at a damn mansion? Does everybody have parents that just have these huge houses that we don't know about? I, I mean, we grew up in Syracuse. because it's hard but. to do this like dynamic in a like what would have been the, an actual house. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been fun if this they filmed <laughs> this movie in my mom's house. Just growing up, like, all right, we have a hundred people crammed into eight hundred square foot because I'm not letting anybody in upstairs or in this room or downstairs. We are in the living room, in the yeah, dining room. Yeah, it's just Let's very go. hard to film that and or show like this massive party for like what would be a normal sized home. You know what I I'm feel. kind of picturing is that party scene condensed into the bear where they did that one shot of yeah. the bear episode. <laughs> just everybody right in that same area and people like trying to walk around like. Would have been insane. I feel like I've seen some versions of that, like when a movie starts with a party or something and they have the camera just move yeah. throughout the party. We're like walking with the person. You yeah. know, like it just quickly go until you land on a character. Like I feel like I've seen that. But uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. It's always like the one rich kid in school is having a party. Yeah, just some massive ass party every time. And there was like a couple in this movie, which was absurd. And I just have a quote written down because okay. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh <laughs> Goes to her, you're like, you're like a sexy little Rubik's cube. It's like what, what kind, of, what? It's a weird compliment, huh? It is, yeah. Like you're a sexy little Rubik's cube. I'm gonna start using that. Huh? Can you? Yeah, just try it. Try it with your wife when you go upstairs. Hey, you're a sexy. I wonder if she, uh, she watched the first seventy five percent of the movie and then just left the last twenty five percent. She was like, this is actually good and compelling me to stay to watch it but like not the end I'm no just i'm just totally gonna go turn on some other random end. thing of netflix instead <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, but i don't care about the ending <laughs> wild <laughs> yeah weird move um what else i like that it was uh an asian lead yeah i like yes. how you have the asian female lead here and she and her family and she's not comfortable with the boys which i don't know if i buy because she's gorgeous and to be like oh well I don't know. I don't feel comfortable talking to people. I'm super shy. That happens, I guess. It was just a little tough for me to believe at at first. Another qualm I had, and I mentioned this to my wife. I was like, her sister, Margot, looks about 30 years old. I looked it up. Margot, at the time of filming, filming was uh, 29. She is older than me. She is now 33 years old, and she was playing a 18-year-old. Well, I believe that is the, is it Janelle Parrish that plays? Yep. So she was infamously playing a high schooler in Pretty Little Liars. Oh, really? So I never watched So she that. played a high schooler for many years on Pretty Little Liars. So that kind of like people, because that was a popular show, like, and now has another version of it on HBO, I think they will just link her to 
high school, you know? She look she looks so much older though. But I think that's just what happens with the high school shows because you had Laura Jean, the the lead, is twenty five years old now, so it came out four years old four years ago. So she's in her early twenties. Same with Peter and Josh and whatnot. So you need people that are over eighteen. There's probably some liability thing, right? You need the actress to be over 18 in order to film certain things. There are rules to certain things with minors as far as, like, ability to hours and limitations in school. Yep. But also, like, you're getting people with more acting experience, too. True. You know? So you're getting a 26-year-old, you know, that has been acting for a bit or, you know? So and looks young enough, you know? Like, Noah also looks older. Yeah, 100%. And he was supposed to kind of be this guy that was going to be, like, the popularity of this movie was supposed to be, like, compel him to stardom, which hasn't necessarily happened. He did have some drama. He's the guy who plays Peter, if you yeah, will. Yeah, he did have a little drama. Like, his sex got released. Like, his sex to people got released. And they were hilarious to read. Ooh, do tell. Were they, how bad were they? Oh, yeah. I mean. Was it, like, high school rom-com bad? or? No, no. They were dirty. But, like, just, yeah, just. So that was like a little drama in his career. He also, um, there was a show called The Fosters that I liked. And a couple seasons in, one of the sibling characters laughed like the actor didn't want to be in a show anymore. Yep. And he replaced him. And he could not have been any more different and like was playing that character. And it was just so awkward to like pretend that it's kind of like you wake up a totally different person. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's fun. That's totally you that I've known my whole life. Like, he's also, like, I feel like three feet taller than the original actor. Like, wild. I thought he did a pretty good job acting in this yeah. movie. You know, rom-coms, you're not looking for a super dramatic actors. But I thought he did a decent job. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. yeah like I yeah. said, it surprised me. It was really good. I like that she just had a handwritten contract about what, what dating means. And yes. she's like, you could put your hand in my back pocket. And he's like, oh, ooh, I get to put your hand in your back. And then he does it, like, immediately yeah. after, which is funny. And they had the tie-in where he was writing her kind of notes throughout the movie. It's like, to make his ex jealous is how it started. And her sister saved him. And at the end, is like, you've been getting love letters, too. And as she's reading through them, it's like, oh, hey, it's nice to have a smart, fake-ass girlfriend. And then progressively, they get more, like, serious and, like, loving. And it's just kind of... Essentially turn into Someone love letters. writing you something is just, I just think is the best. Shh. You know? You're going to make me, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this episode. I, She's I, gonna... I take words seriously, you know, I like I words. <laughs> and the last thing, which is okay. critical, do you want to do a double feature of 16 Candles and Fight Club? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That came up and I was like, that's a great double feature. 16 Candles followed by Fight, Fight Club. Club. Let's do it. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, two complete polar opposite movies. But all in all, I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's, well, it can't be. I was going to say, if I scroll past it, I'll, I might stop on it. But it's on Netflix now. So it's not like you can scroll past these movies anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to go to our movie ratings? Sure. Let's do it up. All right. So I kind of debated with this one. Um, I'm going to give it, out of six VHS tapes, 12. I'm going to give it 12. a three. And it's probably more generous. I kind of lean towards a two. But like, if I had felt the way I did the first half hour, it would have been a two. But because like it picked up, and I generally like some scenes and characters, I'll go to three. I wonder if that movie had a different actor playing Preston 
or may, you know, maybe a little bit better writing for Preston. That's what it yes. is. It's the writing, I think not the, the acting. writing was a little yeah. tighter. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that kind of could have changed the dynamic. Like, give me a little intel on Preston. Exactly. Like, make him more, you know, likable. Yeah. Because <laughs> he sucked. Yeah, he sucked. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? I will give to all the boys I've loved before. I say ridiculous saying that over and over and over. <laughs> I love that you keep saying it. Yes. I know. Um, is there a short name acronym for it? Can I just say T T A T B I L B? You have to say to all the boys you've loved before, Justin. To all okay? the boys I've loved before, as everybody <laughs> knows. I will give it four out of six VHS okay. tapes. It was solid. Uh, I didn't. It's not like I'm going to go out of my way to watch this again, but... You're not intrigued by the... The sequel? Credit no. that you missed? No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I, maybe I'll watch the credit scene and that's about it, just to see how they uh, incorporate that in. But no real interest to see the second one. Okay. I think it's a standalone, solid film. Yeah, I agree. I kind of like liked them in the first film. I didn't really want to see something mess it up. Like, I can just leave them be in the first film, you know? Uh, let's go ahead and pick... It's actually your pick... Really? Yes, it's your pick. All I got right. the rom-coms for the next. I feel next. like I pick every time. All right. <laughs> no, no. All right, here we go. Pick a, let's see what we end up. If it's romance, anything, you're picking another one. <laughs> <laughs> Horror comedy. Horror? Horror comedy Horror for comedy. Ha- <gasps> Halloween time coming up. Yes. So we'll release this next one in October. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was thinking also potentially a horror movie draft, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Horror movie. There's like Justin, three you have to I watch something pick. scary. I can't hold back. It says horror comedy. Horror comedy. So that gives me a little bit God, more. Why did I write that? I don't know. You're the one who came <laughs> up with that category. So. Well, you know what? Something could be a comedy to me and an absolute horror to you. So. Yeah, most of the movies you pick are horrors to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rude and rude. Okay, let's get to our Swarly of the Week. I do quickly want to just do a throwback to last week where I had uh, Don't Worry Darling as the Swarly of last week and the drama that I was deliciously eating. I have started understanding (laughs) what's happening because Twitter is full of all the drama. It blew up. You know, I don't want to say I was early to it, but I was. And just a delight. And I'm just following it very intently. Um, but my story of the week is going to be from this movie because I didn't talk too much on Mike Dexter, but I do want to now in that I liked that he was this jock character that, as we said, just completely deteriorates throughout the film until he's literally like, I'm a loser. Um, and then the flashback of his future does in fact state that he didn't end up in a good place. Um, he's like a car wash. He got fired from like a car wash job or whatever. He was had so many swirly moments where he was at the, he felt like he was at the top when he got to this party. I just dumped my girlfriend. I'm going to get all these babes. Like, and it just like every scene that he was in after that was like him losing a bit of his coolness, like between his friends, like ditching him for their girlfriends, like him meeting an idol he had in high school who like didn't end up well. Like, just all of this stuff that progressively got worse and worse. And it was all his fault. Who knows how long Amanda would have just hung on because he kept dating her. Like Hopefully not long. Amanda deserved better. I, I don't think. know. Four I, years is a long time to date someone that is such an asshole. Especially when it's like the first guy you meet at the new school you're in. Like, weird move, Amanda. You know? So in his mind, he had these good intentions and it just bombed royally and seemed to reflect even after high school. So he's my Swirly of the Week. Mike right. Dexter. Solid choice. 
My Swarly of the Week is going to be El Salvador's president. Oh, okay. As, yeah, as yeah, one yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is a big crypto fan. Okay. Uh, cryptocurrency. Yep. And he made Bitcoin a national currency of El Salvador last year. So you can use it anywhere. I'm sorry, what? He made it the national? One of the national, oh, along with uh, okay. dollars and stuff. So okay. you can. <laughs> I was like, what? But you can use it anywhere. Gotcha. And part of that was a rollout where they gave each, uh, you know, resident or whatever, $30 in a, in a Bitcoin wallet type situation okay. that like nobody used. So he <laughs> apparently bought a hundred million dollars worth of bitcoin in order to kind of make this big change into the future for the government and now with bitcoin down 60 percent since since when he purchased analysts are worried that it could bankrupt the country so he's the government money like yes. this isn't his own no this thing. is like the government bought a hundred million dollars worth of bitcoin and they're trying to kind of get into the future, make it a, a national currency. And since it has dropped in value so much over the last couple of years, or really the last year, analysts are worried it could bankrupt the uh, the country. So real swarly move by the president there. Uh, yeah, that's a great swarly. Oh yeah. my God, I hope that doesn't happen. But also Hopefully they can move. figure it out. <laughs> bad move. You know, fake computer money. Maybe think about that one for a bit. Um, okay. Let's get to our friendship question of the week. Ha, damn, I which, forgot to think of an answer for this. Which, which is good. I decided to put your creative hat on, which you... Um, despise. Despise. Yep, yep. But you can be creative when you want to be. Okay, so I want you to imagine that you're in your own rom-com movie. I okay. want you to pick the subject, meaning the storyline. Like, are you the loser? Are you the job? Like, what? what is kind of the very base plot? I want you to say what age is this high school? Is this college? Is this when you're a senior citizen? Who knows? And then I want you to pick who you want as your love interest. Okay. And this is, again, listeners, just off the top of our head. So this is, I mean, we could just basically be writing a movie we've seen. So true. Um, I will just say I love my wife. So none of this reflects any of that. Yes. Uh, oh, man. A rom com about me. I think, all right, this is the route I'm going to okay. go. I think top of your head. I want to be like um, out of college, like okay. just out of college, like okay. freshly out of college. I am, I'm like fairly successful in what I'm doing and I'm falling for like one of the rebellious girls that does whatever she wants and she's not giving me the time of day. Okay. And I'm trying to meld those two, like those two different um, lifestyles. Like, so what are you, what's your type? Like, what are you? Like she's a rebellious girl. What are and, you? And oh, I'm like a buttoned up like okay. business okay. type. You know You're what I mean? Business. Okay, okay. And I'm trying to kind of be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, super successful in doing this. I really kind of want to go to the rave with you tonight, though. And she's like, I really this... can't with the picture you paint yourself. But go ahead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then uh, <laughs> she's like, no, I have no no interest in hanging out with this guy. Yep. And just eventually, you know, end up with the girl and see what happens. So okay, all right. Uh, I don't the know girl if that you end up with. Oh, wow. Now I got to pick an actress, too? I said, yeah. It was, it was growing up. Um, it's got to be an actress nowadays. I mean, I mean you could pick a dead actress. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> a corpse. Marilyn Monroe. I a don't corpse. know. Whatever you want to do. A Jennifer Love Hewitt's a solid one. Uh, uh -huh. Sid I'll go Sydney Sweeney. Okay. She's a relevant actress now. She's kind of uh, like 20-somethings, right? She's in her mid-late 20s. Who's Sydney Sweeney? She's in Euphoria. Is she from Euphoria? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. And I think okay. she could... Uh, 
could she pull off kind of the, yeah, I think she could pull off that rebellious side. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's good. Um, Now I'm intrigued to see or hear yours because I really do not like to be put on the spot with creative things like that, Kayla. So thanks. Yes. And I don't watch a lot of rom-coms, so I'm also interested in what I'm going to say. Um, what's the movie that has Heath Ledger that everyone loves that I haven't seen? Uh, 10 Things I Hate About yes. You? Yes. This is me not watching the film, but guessing the character is like kind of a know-it-all, right? And is like so not into relationships. Yeah. And that's what I've always loved a Pride of Wait, you've never seen 10 Things I no. Hate About You? No. Oh, okay. I've seen scenes. I said that on the pod. I've seen scenes, but like, I know. I just, no. I would have gave that to you as your high school rom-com. <laughs> I just assumed everybody has seen it, and <laughs> I didn't remember. Which is probably correct, but yeah. yeah, again, I just beat all of that. Um, what I love about Pride and Prejudice is like she's so like her sisters are so obsessed with getting uh, in a relationship, and she's not, and then it just kind of happens to her. So I kind of vision like a mix of that movie that I'm presuming it's about and Pride and Prejudice, and so I'm picturing like I'm quiet am i just painting myself how i was in high school i might be quiet like nerdy type um and then well mr darcy's i wouldn't say rebellious but uh okay all right so that's me it's in high school let's do young let's do high school um but like junior senior not awkward freshman and i I, I just kind of like it when love just kind of happens upon you without you kind of. So, like, I guess the girl in question, would, who obviously is Florence Pugh, is... Do we know Florence Pugh is not just a nightmare to work with? I'm just saying. Based on Don't Worry, Darling. Don't you anyway, dare. Continue. Don't you dare <laughs> say anything about Florence Pugh on this pod in a negative way. Okay. So, obviously, it's Florence Pugh. And I think maybe we're on a project together or something where I'm just like... I guess we're stuck together. I don't really know you. And it's one of those like slow builds because you know I love a slow build. Um, there's some sadness in there. So put that in there. And then, uh, yeah, maybe like a, the project reveal at the end. It's like a confession, like a love confession. Like we're not like here's a PowerPoint. And then it's really about us. That sounds like the and worst movie ever, And then we kiss Kayla. in the class. Yes. And make out. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the worst movie ever. I'm just envisioning my movie. Like I'm going to a rave with this girl you're and i'm wearing like a type bu- you're successful because you have to paint yourself that way and then there's a rebellious girl i mean you know let's do a poll of our movies yeah. see, well uh, i'm picturing you know the movie like remember me classic no remember me what's remember me it's uh robert pattinson <laughs> oh we saw it together yeah. 9-11 movie yes. so kind of yes. like that okay. that's kind of what i'm envisioning okay. but yeah, because he's working for his dad's company, meets the girl, like something along okay, those lines. Okay, that was lines. a good movie we saw. And actually, fun fact about that movie, because I saw it with you, I didn't notice the twist at all at the end. And the only th- reason I suspect is because Justin knows sports and I don't. And he was like, huh, in the middle of the movie, he was like whispered. He's like, it's kind of weird that they reference this game or player when that was not recent. And I was like, oh, okay. And then at the end, like, you were the, you were the one who kind of, like, got it a bit. And I've never heard someone kind of, like, guess the ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was I, I was twist. proud of myself. Because I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that that player on the Yankees was in the early 2000s. Which is like, a subtle thing because they didn't want you to guess the twist at the yeah. end. But obviously went over my head. But you clued me in a bit of, like, huh, I wonder this wasn't present story, you know? That is still, like, such a beautiful movie. I like watching that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, so, yeah, that's a good call. Um, all right, I think that finishes up for this week on our high school rom-coms. 
And we'll see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.